on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. YouTube has five minutes of new creator news, but thankfully they tried to put it into a short, so we have you covered. Hashtag shorts, hashtag job security. There are changes coming to Android devices that many advertisers won't find attractive. And TikTok on the clock, the party don't stop as quickly as it might have. Why some TikTok users woke up this morning feeling like P. Diddy. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock here on February 18th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fantastic episode. Jessica Bud, what is up with you? I attended musical theater on friday you did theater mm-hmm. so i feel like distinguished. you wow i bet shep likes it you, you should get her a playlist yeah. <laughs> well i saw blippy the musical so actually your child would like it <laughs> we myself my husband my child and jill fetcher of the agency scoop fame um and her son we all had front row seats to this thing that is was, crazy was yeah. front row podcasters only <laughs> yes podcasters <laughs> and their plus there. ones <laughs> But it was so cool because there's like multiple, there's like aisles in between things, right? And we had a little section of just us five. It was awesome. It was a very, very intimate experience. And it was amazing. And the boys loved it. They're two and three, almost four, and just had like the best time, whatever. And at the end, Blippy, who, spoiler alert, it wasn't the real Blippy, but <gasps> he can't sing. So this was a good thing. A lot of parents are complaining. There's a lot of controversy. It's garbage. Wait, this he was, didn't sing at all? Well, the real Blippy doesn't sing and he also doesn't tour. Oh. So this was a touring guy pretending to be Blippy. But I love Blippy. I'm a super fan. And at the end, he said, thanks to all my friends and moms and dads. And he like looked right at our section when he said moms and dads. And I feel like he was talking to me. Oh my gosh, you're a celebrity. I thought so in the moment. I've I sat in the front row at theater once and I got spat on by Ben Platt. Was that your experience? I didn't receive any spit. Who's Ben Platt? Yeah. <laughs> it's not important. You don't respect the arts. I do now. This was at Shay's Performing wow. Arts Center. It's a real place. They had drapes. That sounds like a wild Friday night. I'm happy for you. I was I home by 11. I don't know is, but whatever. <laughs> Greg, what's new with you? <laughs> well, I thought I would really help the audience out here a little bit and talk to my children and get some more facts now that they've been reading mm-hmm. that book. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my kids about the facts. I have not confirmed these. So these are not what I would call hashtag true facts. These are just facts from the you kids. You should refresh our memory on what the book was. The, thank you. The book was about how to survive <laughs> wild animal encounters. So the new thing, now that they know the book a little bit more, they talk about which animals are like the, the highest level of violence that you can get. So like a swan is like very low. The biggest swan's very no, low. No, swans are aggressive. But they're very low compared to something like a saltwater crocodile or something. That's what, they're, that's what the book's telling taken. So anyway, I'm just like, well, can you give me some more nuggets to help, help folks out in case they, they come across this? So they said, <laughs> I have three new facts. Again, not confirmed. So use it at your own risk. If you are confronted by a gorilla... Look it in the eyes and back away, but do not smile. 
And I'm like, uh, she was smiling in that moment. You don't need to say the don't smile part. Like, I got that one coming. All right. Like, don't worry about it. made that. up. All right. Here's another one I really like. If you see like this, this is again, according to the kids, this blue like flamingo bird, you need to pick your dog up and drive away in the opposite direction in at least 30 miles an hour. Okay. They made that they, one up. That's right. They want you to get attacked by an animal. So pick up your dog at least 30 miles an hour. And then lastly, this is the one I thought might be the most tough, the tough one. If you're in the wild and you encounter a box jellyfish, this is what they say. What you can do is you can befriend a turtle and then hide behind it. <laughs> oh my God. Friend, something really quick. This jellyfish is coming at me. So befriend a turtle and then hide behind. Okay, you're spreading misinformation on like, our podcast. Fast, fast. Like, the turtles probably have shells. I'm like, oh, I understand that part, buddy. <laughs> There's a lot of other holes, though. <laughs> Just okay. smile while you're at it. Well, I'm, make friends. I'm glad we could get some practical advice here on the show. Thank you. A little bit of housekeeping here. We are this week finally sending out our Clockscare Awards to those of you who won. When you get them, you'll realize why it took so long because these are beautiful <coughs> masterpiece works of art, pure gold. You're going to love it. So thank you for your patience, except for one person. There's one person who hasn't filled out the form and his name is Azim. <laughs> oh, no. What? I have something. Be of the show. Okay. That'll be helpful because, okay, so I sent it out to everyone a couple weeks ago and I thought we had his address, so I didn't send it to him. And then I sent it to him the other day and I was like, hey. Shipping out the clock skirts this week, blah, 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 blah. He sends it back to me, and I quickly realized that I forgot the L in clock skirt when I requested his address. Oh, yes. my gosh. <laughs> you just canceled, got a show canceled. It was so mortifying. Like, thank God it was him and not someone else. Yeah, BFF. So I just needed yeah. to come clean about that. I'm sorry, Z. <laughs> I guess we have your address, so it's coming your way. And it's just a clock skirt. You don't need to be worried, okay? Also, we have a new episode of the Agency Scoop ready for your ears with blippy aficionado Jill Fetcher. She's sitting down with the head of our data and analytics team here at Cypress North, Sarah Burke, and they're talking all about data. It's a great episode. Getting into the news this week, Google said it's developing new privacy-focused replacements for its advertising ID and adopting new privacy restrictions that will cut tracking across apps on its Android devices. So this announcement after reading about how important mobile apps are in our everyday lives, 90% of something uses mobile apps. I'm not kidding. It's like mobile apps are so important in your life. Like I didn't know that. Thank you, Google. So it says, we're announcing a multi-year initiative to build the privacy sandbox on Android with the goal of introducing new, more private advertising solutions so a lot of people are saying this seems really similar to what Apple did last year with iOS 14.5. And what I thought was crazy about this is we saw this announcement on February 16th when it was published. Mike Ryan found it first, host of the Digital Momentum podcast. He found it the day before. He has this tweet. It says, ouch. And he saw on a blog post the announcement at the top that says, starting in late 2021, when a user opts out of interest-based advertising or ad personalization the advertising identifier will not be available you will receive a string of zeros in place of the identifier so he knew it was news before the news broke thanks mike yep <laughs> google said it will continue to support the current identifiers for the next two years 
which means other companies have time to implement changes. So we don't know much about this yet. It's just breaking as we're recording this, to be honest, but they said they're going to be very transparent throughout the process. They want feedback from developers, advertisers, and Android users. But obviously, iOS 14.5 was a huge disruptor for advertisers, so people are getting pretty nervous. Some might say quaking. We'll have to see what happens. So we saw, already saw Meta take a huge hit with the iOS changes, and now Android is going to be impacting Meta as well. So I, it'll be interesting to see how Google performs with all this because, again, Apple was sort of the one of the bigger winners, you know, this time with last year when everything was happening with with Facebook and Apple. So I guess we'll see how Google adds. Yeah, goes. surprise, surprise, Google trying to like be even more of a monopoly than already like <laughs> taking out the competition. All right, next up from Chris Stokel Walker at Stokel on Twitter. He tweets, new, TikTok is rolling out the ability to post five minute videos to more users. First tested with a small group of users in August, 2021. And Chris looks to be one of these users. He posted a screenshot of looks like a notification inside the app. I wouldn't know. He then goes on to reference something he tweeted back in November talking about 2020's TikTok guidance on the best length for a video, which at the time was 11 to 17 seconds. And then in November, he tweeted that it was now double that, now being November, at 21 to 34. So interesting. They're just it's incrementally going up. Yeah, Five minutes is a lot longer, though. We'll be hosting our episodes on TikTok remains to be seen we still don't have act well i don't i don't have a tiktok account <laughs> <But> <laughs> something to watch right and he shared some research that tiktok put out saying users find videos longer than one minute to be quote stressful what i know that seems what? like a really strong word right but if you dive into it it looks like it's an attention span thing um especially given that users are spending an average of 85 minutes on the app Per day, he's got screenshots and more context around all this. So it's not that folks aren't spending that much time on TikTok. They just don't want to watch an entire video for longer than a minute. It stresses them out. YouTube's got shorts, and now TikTok's going to have longs. I, it's weird. To be clear, it still looks like it's a test that's just going wider. I couldn't find anything official from TikTok on this being an actual thing. But assuming it does get rolled out to everyone, something to consider. If your brand is on TikTok, I wouldn't say pivot your entire strategy based on this. Don't just go full bore on long form on TikTok, please. But if you've already got an engaged audience there and you're producing long, for, long form content elsewhere, it might be something to test again if and when you have the ability to do it. I just think it's interesting. Everybody's zigging and trying to copy TikTok and capitalize or at least try on short form and TikTok's like, Psh, heck with it. Five yeah. minutes, go for it and go long form, which is like the antithesis of what TikTok is. But I don't know. Do you guys watch? Like, I'll sit on YouTube on my television and watch a five-minute video, but nothing on my phone. I think it's nice to have the option. I'm really excited about, like, my royal insider that I follow who's always, like, spilling the secrets about the British royal family, and they're always broken up into, like, three parts. How's the queen doing? Oh, did you hear she just announced that Camilla is going to be queen consort? So I feel like she's not doing good. What does is that this mean? from the Cura uh, Harry Potter series? Or <laughs> no. no, but thanks for adding Greg and I to your distribution list, by oh, the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you're I was on too? there too. Okay. I got the email. I ignored it. Oh, <laughs> you'll never know about Hermione. Maybe it'll be eight charm. I thought it was Hermoyne. But <laughs> I, I don't get the five minute cap on something like that. I think it would be cool if you build up an audience and you've got this social audience and you could put out something like a series and you could do something a little bit different and have like unlimited amount and you can be like, it's the full behind the scenes for the trip, blah, blah, blah. It's the super cut and you can actually do like a full length series. I get that. 
But to be like, it's like sort of, it seems like a half measure where you're like, oh, you could just do a little bit more. Yeah. They're just making it longer and longer. And eventually it's just going to be like 10 minutes. That's what it seems like. But at the same time, like, I just wonder how many folks will actually go up to the full five or if they're just going to go two and a half minutes or whatever. I guess it's nice to have more to work with, but yeah, at what point do we just stop limiting? And it is what it is. I'll be brushing my teeth for five minutes now. Looks like it's great for your hygiene. <laughs> what else is good for your hygiene, Greg? <laughs> Well, if you are a YouTube creator, you may either like the blog post that came out this past week called A Look at 2022, Community, Collaboration, and Commerce, the three Cs, or you would like the short from Neil Mohan, the chief product officer that had a short titled Five Innovations Coming to YouTube in 2022, exclamation. That is not Adam Sony. He would not write on his screen. No, like that. it is not. Mysterious. <laughs> oh, like, Who's Missoni? <laughs> oh, it's that Target fashion it, brand. The guy that stares in your soul. I get that. <laughs> Hopefully, we hear from him a little bit later. Anyway, <laughs> this short. So a short can be sixty seconds. Somehow, Neil worked this thing into sixty-one seconds. He couldn't <gasps> even fit it in sixty. It's a minute and one second. This is literally the worst medium you could ever use to talk about five different things. And they tried using animations and these these graphics. It, it was a catastrophe, the way that this thing looked. And you couldn't get anything out in time. They were running through things. They're like, oh, NFTs, Whoop, we're, we're playing for that. Web3, and it's like, you have a minute. You're the chief product officer, Neil. Don't use the short one. This is harking back to when we thought we were going to make Bite happen and we had to say all the news stories in yeah, six seconds. So it was hard. <laughs> Impossible. Look, that's how yeah. little of a grasp they have on their own platform. And the creators team, the YouTube stories creator team, put something out similar and they did it the right way. And it's like, this is a big problem for YouTube. A big problem that Neil has no idea. And he's sitting in this like fancy leather chair. And it's again, it's the handheld video like that nobody wants. Everybody's done with that. Everybody wants professional done things now that we made it through the, the thing. Oh, another thing I was thinking oh, about. Thing. We can't talk about the thing yeah. at all. I think I have a petition. We just start calling the, it ends in 19, mm -hmm. right? We just call that Bruno. Oh, we can oh. talk about Bruno. Yeah, so we're all sick of this Bruno content mm -hmm. out there that you're shooting on your phone and on Zoom. And it's like, Neil has no idea what he's doing. No idea. Anyway. There's actually some cool things that are coming out in the post. They see YouTube creators are the heart and soul of the platform. And we want them to be, always be able to fulfill their most ambitious creative goals to give them every possible every opportunity possible. And we'll continue to invest across our multiple formats, shorts, live, and video on demand. So how about just like user uploaded content? <laughs> My brain is right? like Galaxy Brain? Is that what you're saying? Like, are they done investing in just YouTube? They're just divesting. Take away that dislike button. And every comment here is like, hey, I've got a good idea number six. Get a dislike button. Anyway. No time for that. We already <clears throat> hit our 61 second limit. I it's feel like this one would have a lot of dislikes. It's probably why they got rid of it. It, it is. That is probably, and that's what people are saying in the in the comments. Look at the comments of this, this short. Everybody's like, this is why you get rid of dislikes because we can't dislike your thing and it hurt your feelings, nobody else's. So anyway, you can wow. see in a, a, a video, a short, where Neil runs through with terrible audio, terrible video, about one foot from his face. But the crux of this is that there's new video FX tools in shorts. Again, they just only had time to say there's new FX tools in shorts. He didn't elaborate on it. The blog didn't have a ton on it. 
but you will be able to uh, well, reply to a comment by creating a short. So you can reply to a short with a short. Uh, there's super thanks now that are coming into shorts. So if, but again, you're in there for a minute. I super thank you for that minute. It's ridiculous. So those are the big shorts items. The thing that I think is going to be actually moving the needle the most is that there's now collaborative live streaming. So it is another area that they're saying we're going to progress on the momentum and the daily live watch time more than tripled between January 2020 and December 2021, albeit there was a Bruno in there. So, uh, all right. And then one of the items, this is literally what, what the short says. NFTs. We're exploring what YouTube can bring to Web3, including NFTs. The name of his short that he put out there is five innovations coming to YouTube in 2022. Explore, exploration is innovation? I have no clue. That's like me saying, oh, I'm going to consider a diet plan. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? I might read a book. We're exploring what we can do. And then it gets even worse. Then the fourth or third one, they didn't even put numbers on this the right way, is about the metaverse. They say, quote, we're thinking through how the metaverse can make gaming even more interactive and immersive. YouTube that, is doing that? That's one of the innovations. But they're thinking through the metaverse, so watch out now. Hasn't it already been thought through and it exists? <laughs> <laughs> the, and the last thing that was one of the five items, he, again, in the short, they missed a lot of things that are important that I'll cover because I had to read both of them. But Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. There's shoppable videos and live shopping and shopping across the entire app, which is cool. And this is where I think somebody with the brain got on this committee and is like, all right, if you're watching YouTube on your big TV, which is through the roof, I'll get to the number in a second here, you can now use your YouTube app on your phone and have a better experience, which makes all the sense in the world, right? You're watching a show and you want to see what the uh, who's in it. You want to see the fashion behind it. You want to be able to figure out how you can take action on this. You can use your phone to do that. So it's almost like a complementary device to your TV, which I love that. is amazing. And to that point, there was a quote in the blog that said, TV was once again our fastest growing screen in 2021. As of January 2022, on average, viewers are watching over 700 million hours of YouTube content on TV daily. And yet we're obsessed with shorts. But it's just all shorts and shorts fund. I'm not going to, I'm going to get off of that dead horse here. And uh, a few other things that were cool from the blog that I thought were notable. They said, and viewers will have the option to sort comments time to the exact moment they're watching in a video, giving valuable context to the comments as they read them. Big improvement. It seems like it's similar to their um, premiere where you can see the time and they come in. Even if you're re-watching a premiere, you can see those come through. So that would be really nice. Uh, they also say in the, they're testing the ability for creators to set channel guidelines so it can better shape the tone of conversations on their channel. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen YouTube comments. And of course, because they have no clue what they're doing, YouTube Music will continue giving listeners the most expansive experience, featuring a catalog of over 80 million official singles, albums, remixes, and more. Blah. So there you go. That's it on the YouTube side. What do you got, Shep? 
Okay, we have kind of a dense change from Google Ads about ad extension. So I'm going to start off with a tweet from Ginny from her at Ads Liaison account. It says, starting mid-March, automated extensions will be eligible to show along with your manually created extensions when opted in. Today, we are announcing several updates to make manual and automated site links, callouts, and structured snippets easier to manage. So the big change here is that previously, all these types of dynamic extensions that she listed above weren't eligible to show with your ad if you provided manually created extensions of the same type. Are you following me so far? Okay. Yep. Yes. So now that is not the case. Even if you have those extensions in your account, automated extensions can show and even alongside them. I'd also like to point out that in Ginny's tweet, she says when opted in, but really she means when you didn't opt out because we're all automatically opted into these and it's impossible to find them. Agree. And part of this is it might make it a little bit easier to find, but I just take umbrage with when opted in, when you didn't opt out, okay? So then Ginny's thread continued, extensions reporting will soon show performance for all automatically created and advertiser provided extensions, and you'll be able to pause and remove any as needed. We recommend adding four plus account level site links to ensure extensions are added to are added to the level that makes sense for the content. She got a little confused there because she ran out of characters, I think. So that I think I love, that you'll be able to see how the automated extensions are performing and what they're actually displaying like, and you can turn certain ones off if you want to. So, That's nice. Yeah, and I'm hoping it'll make people more even aware that they have automated extensions running because I feel like people don't know at all unless they happen to click on those three little dots all the way hidden on the right side of the screen. It makes me so upset. Okay, <laughs> there's another change coming in March. When you create site links, callouts, and structured snippets, you can add them at the ad group campaign or account level. Previously, if you created these ad extensions at the more granular level, they would prevent higher level extensions of the same type from serving. That is not going to happen anymore. If you add something at a lower level, the one at the level above it will still show, and they have a graphic that will show on the screen to kind of explain this. I think that's fine too. I guess people just need to think a little bit more about how all the extensions are going to work together. But if something applies to all of your campaigns at the account level, I think it's fine to show it even if there's other ones added. Um, so again, really dense change. I don't know if it's going to be a big thing for a lot of advertisers, but a good thing to know. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from Eli Schwartz at 5LE on Twitter. And Eli says, for the price of just the airtime of 30-second hashtag Super Bowl commercial, quote, 6.5 million, you could hire a VP of growth, comma, a director of growth, comma, an SEO PM, comma, a dozen content managers, and still have enough money to write at least 10,000 pieces of content. I think SEO might be the better investment. A lot of people like this, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> I Tell that to, 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 uh, to Coinbase, all right? They yeah. had the maybe one of the most well-received commercials. They that, got me. <laughs> that took their app from... 183rd or something like that in you know the app store to number two or maybe even number one when it was all said and done it's like 
And I just don't think the people running Super Bowl commercials are not investing in SEO. Like, yeah, they like, have you know, a lot of money. <laughs> two kinds of people. You know what we need? We need more crypto content. <laughs> There's not enough dot ETHs out there. Now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. I See Why Am I, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. PPC Greg had a tweet this week that has me just second guessing even more the already confusing Google Ads budget setup. So he has a screenshot of a notification in the platform and says, let's say you have a campaign with an average daily budget of $10 on the same day. You first increase your budget to $50, then lower it to $5. The daily spending limit for the day is going to be the highest of your average daily budgets multiplied by two. Therefore, $50 times two equals $100. PPC Greg points out, is Google actually saying here that if you want to update, decrease your budget from 10 to 5 and accidentally type an extra zero but quickly catch it and change it from 50 to 5, it could still spend up to $100? Really makes you think. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Yeah. We've all made that mistake and caught it. We didn't suffer for it. Yeah. You could add two extra zeros. Three. Which... Again, this is something where I get very nervous about their machine learning, artificial intelligence. You don't have the math to figure out like what the average daily budget should be. Maybe it was $50 for one second, but $5 the rest of the day, and you're just going to default to the top one. I'm very concerned about your math, your smart bidding, your AI, your machine learning, when you can't do the simplest of math help your advertisers can't or won't won't can't i'm gonna go on a limb and say they can't do it prove me wrong google <laughs> okay and he's just giving so much this week that ppc greg you'll receive your clock screen soon he's reminding us about one of my favorite tools in google ads editor that i wish was easier in google sheets the change capitalization tool um and then he had this stem from a conversation about title case and ad copy. What do you guys think about that? I know Just Bud is a big, like, every single word capitalized. Damn. I'm, I'm like, strictly title case. Like, I'm going to lowercase, like, an an or some, or a the. I just wish I knew what those rules were. So I capitalize everything because I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I love title case. I'm a big title case guy. And honestly, I'm just glad that PPC Greg, unlike you, Shep, remembered the owl in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. Okay, I was notified late last night that this week has more paid lightning round stories than any week in history. So I've decided to break it up into sections to try to help you guys out and follow along a little bit better. So we're going to start with Snapchat news because we have Snapchat news all the time. It's really important. Snap is sharing new data on the value of, quote, high impact ad options as opposed to the low impact ad options. I don't know. So, quote, in campaigns where high-impact ads were used, marketers saw extensive incremental benefits across the top of the funnel. Brand awareness lifts were 2.1x canter global market norms, along with ad awareness at 1.9x and message association at 1.5x. They say this applies to both new and established brands, and they may be sharing some of that revenue 
with creators because via Mia Stato for The Verge, Snapchat will put ads within stories and share the money with creators. The article doesn't get into specifics about revenue share, but I just feel like if you're a creator and you're not on Snapchat, I know nobody's there, but you could pay for, put yourself through college, pay for a truck full of roses for your ex-wife. Just get on Snapchat. They're paying you to be there. I'm pretty sure they get canceled that way. You could, but it's worth the risk. <laughs> You'll get rich first. Okay. And then just throw the letter C out of your vocabulary. <laughs> Replace it with a K. Crystal clear. Getting into the meta news, some say meta. David mm -hmm. Herman at Herman Digital says, are you seeing anything similar? Read below. Over the last week or so, my IG feed has never been more off with the ads I was getting served. This has always been a good indicator to me about the platform as a whole when running ads. Then he talked about how when people were saying they do the same thing, he has like dummy Instagram accounts where he's like looking at one category of content to see if the ads are on the right track. Like that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Kudos to you, David Herman. And a lot of people were agreeing that their ads seem off too. My ads seem on. The only thing that's off is my DMs because I have now had the privilege to be added to the Liver King DM list. Oh, yeah. Greg sent out. You, to be fair to me, you asked to be on this. <laughs> you did. When? You were feeling left I out. Said, I didn't include mm -hmm. you, Shep, because you wouldn't like it. And you said, don't judge me. <laughs> you don't tell me what I will and won't like. What? And I'm like, all right, fine. That is not true. <laughs> Jess was there. I don't know if that's an exact quote, but I remember the moment when you were added to that list. Liver King makes me feel like I'm getting skin cancer. Like, I'm really worried about him. <laughs> it's, he needs some beard conditioner as good well. Good morning, primals. Got the sun on the skin on the face. Okay. Okay, and from Susan Winograd, she is sharing the new Facebook ads campaign creation interface for the forthcoming campaign type consolidation. We're going to get into this more in a second, but it really feels like they're just dumbing everything down, but in the most complicated way. Like this graphic in here honestly like hurts my feelings. Like this is supposed to be performance advertising and it's like, looks like something from my one-year-old's book. It's a map of, that looks like North America. Yeah. It's like, that's how great your targeting is. Like, great. <laughs> They'll find it's, their way there based it's on like this. It's like a windy Indiana Jones map. <laughs> it's just not looking good over there. So David Herman at Herman Digital, he's back again. He's totally fed up with this. He says, I mean, you actually couldn't ask for a worse interface. Come on, Meta, what is this? And it's a picture of the new budget tool with a slidey bar. Nobody knows what it's for. Like, I don't understand. Looks like it slides I, your budget. I have a keyboard and I'm on a desktop. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> How do they pick the scale? Like, it's very confusing. But they're like trying to make it simple, but they just think we're all stupid. I don't understand. And literally, Katie from our team sent a screenshot in Slack today, and like her whole interface <laughs> was in wingdings or something. Like, it's the metaverse. It just stopped being in English, which is like funny, but it's not because she was in there trying to do work. Like, yeah, for clients, like, <laughs> Jess, do you know what number a horseshoe is? <laughs> <laughs> Let me check the map in this graphic. I cannot. I, I'm just really, it's everything in there is bad. Okay. We laugh because we can't cry. <laughs> and we have one story for Microsoft advertising this week via George Wynn for Search Engine Land. Microsoft Ads has launched in 29 more countries in Europe and Africa. This expansion will increase the platform's reach by 41 million customers, adding 400 million monthly searches on Microsoft and partner sites. 
hopefully this means because they've up until now been adding like two countries every month and every month it's a story for me hopefully we've got the whole globe now and i'm done i'm out okay google ads first glenn gabe is making a cameo in the paid section because he said whoa can it be google ads testing making the ad label more visible really am i dreaming is this a reality and then he wanted to hear what we thought of it um this was originally written up by barry schwartz on search engine roundtable and yeah it's a little ad label Jess, I would like to check in with you about the rounded green corners around the ad label. I actually like it in you this do? case. Yes. I thought you were anti-rounded corner. So what makes this one different? I don't know. <laughs> Visually, I just like it. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got, we're glad we've got your approval and we'll have to let the people at Google Ads know. Listen, you asked. Greg, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So I think a lot of people were pretty pumped that the ad itself was highlighted. The one thing that immediately jumped off the page for me is that it's got the favicon on there right so it's it's does look a little bit more organic although we know that there was a test out there about that i also went through if you look at a response to glenn gabe's post and i think george had on search engine land as well i tried to compare the size of it and it's not apples to apples because i don't know exactly what device they're on brave browser somebody that found this the first time uh, but it is a much larger ad so everybody that was saying this is really could this really be helping well they're making it look more like in this specific version favicon and it is i'd say 20 percent larger in vertical height so the whole ad is large the ad is yeah. larger. yes the entire ad is substantially larger so that may have a better click-through rate on your ads it may have a worse click-through rate on your organic we'll have to see it's just speculation. But the one thing I do know is that Google Ads will not be making that change if it drops the click-through rate. So, Absolutely. So everybody out there saying this is great for SEO, hold your horses. And in other news, Google Ads API version 10 is now available for anyone that that matters too. Additions include general availability for smart campaigns and support for local service ads in open beta. And then I'd like to just take a second to acknowledge this article that Google Ads Jerry Dishler released on Friday the 10th. You are not my friend, Jerry. <laughs> there was absolutely no news in this and reading it was a complete waste of my time. Thank you. Performance max is good. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I laughed when I put it and I signed it to you. <laughs> Well, I don't know if there's anything in there. I'm like, I'm not going to read this. Yeah. yeah. I read it twice. I'm pretty confident there's nothing in it. It's just like use Performance Max, all these other people do, and it's great. Get more conversions, more bog max. Yeah. But 85, 13% of people saw the same results. I'm just really glad that you included it anyway instead of just cutting I'm it. I'm really mad at Jerry. And we have news from at GA underscore Benedetti on Twitter. He has a question for Jenny this week about Performance Max report that shows top reporting audiences for his campaign, but they aren't audiences that he added to the campaign. So he asked Ginny if it would make sense to add these audiences to the campaign based on the fact that they're top top performing. Um, Ginny has not responded upon recording this, but it really makes you think. I feel like maybe you should. Why not? I thought the whole goal too is like, it's performance max. You just make it work. Yeah, why do I have to do something myself? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, we're marketers. We always want to be like doing things to make it better. I feel but like it doesn't, it does like a signal in Performance Max doesn't dial it down just to that audience. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like you can still go to whatever audience you want. Hey, Google, test out the bedding, beds and bed frame, bedroom, mattresses, and all these other things. Your performance max. I thought that's what the smart part of it is. Yeah. I want my performance maxed. Isn't what I sign up to do? Get, they trust the process, trust the machine. Why do I have to go through and put in bedding, bed frames, bedroom, mattresses? You do it. Your you Google don't necessarily max. have to, though. That's what we... Right, but wouldn't they? Wouldn't performance max... Yeah, just add it. Wouldn't they not need to tell you to do that? Wouldn't they just be like, oh, look, hey, just so you know, here's some insight for your other campaigns. Mattresses That's what really Jenny well. said in the reply, but it doesn't say that here. I don't know. We don't get any data, so I'm not going to sit here and complain about something that we got. That's my point. <laughs> so via Peter Adams for Marketing Dive, Trade Desk has a new product called Open Path that allows publishers to integrate directly with demand-side platforms. The idea is to cut out other players, they're saying Google, in a programmatic supply chain that Trade Desk describes as opaque and skewed to privileged walled gardens. I love the term opaque for Google ads. That's a new one. We need to, we have a criminal shirt. We need an opaque shirt. I mean, all your shirts should be opaque. <laughs> At the same time. No, I need a transparent shirt. You're, you're I love us match. Translucent is okay. You're going to get us canceled this show, show. I'm sorry. There's just so much news to get through. I'm overwhelmed. I'm just sharing it all. I don't have time to type the letter L, okay? You'd share it all if your shirt wasn't opaque also. So at the same time, Trade Desk is winding down its use of Google's open bidding tool with plans to fully depart from the platform by April 15th. They will continue to buy inventory through Google's ad exchange. So nothing's changing there. I see why am I. There are all these changes happening with portfolio bid strategies. We've been reporting on this for a couple weeks. Nobody ever tells us this. It's just someone on Twitter being like, hey, what's going on here? Wait, Jerry didn't cover that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. Okay, so Chris Ridley at C underscore J underscore Ridley. He asks, is anyone else having problems with removing or changing max CPC limits in smart bid portfolio- portfolios? I have a max conversions bid portfolio, which is limited by the max CPC limit. I tried removing it and changing it, but all I get is cannot set specified value for the field. That's terrible condolences. And new contributor, as far as I know, Joe at the Joe Schmo. He is not a Joe Schmo. He is sharing great tips for us this week. He says, if you are planning to try a TCPA strategy, and you implement it as a portfolio strategy, you cannot subsequently add additional campaigns to it. You should instead use max conversion portfolio strategy with TCBA. These can subsequently be added to other campaigns. Amazing to fit the word subsequently into a tweet twice. That is some work. And I was trying to explain the difference between TCPA and maximized conversions TCPA, and I blew a head gasket. I thought they were getting rid of TCPA, and they never did. It, you're the only person that's saying max conversions TCPA. Everyone it's else so is just ridiculous. calling it, it. It just bid so differently. Yeah. Whatever. I don't understand. Okay, this is a really cool one. He found um, when you press those tiny little dots in some of your reports in Google Ads, there's an option to open the notes panel. I was vaguely aware of this, I think, but if you open it, it really looks like just an annotation in GA, which is a really nice tool. So I'm excited to use that one. 
Thank you, Joe Schmo. The Google Ads Gambling and Games Policy country specifics will be updated for Kenya, Mozambique, Nigeria, and Uganda on February 22nd. If this applies to, 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 to you, check out our newsletter or Discord for more details. Okay, it's time for Tales from PPC Reddit from user General-Owl3295. Who? <laughs> he asks, bad ad performance during full moons. Does anyone's ads perform worse during full moons? It's almost that time. <laughs> January. I had a dip going into January 18th. Honestly, I don't think this is the craziest thing ever. Like, people act crazy. So That's why it's called lunacy. Name something crazier within Google Ads. Nothing. Okay. Crazier. Everything. Yeah, crazier. everything okay. Google Ads okay, is crazy. Okay. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, so all these people are replying. They're just ripping poor General Owl to shreds. <laughs> Gil, Gil, Gil Gildner said, probably depends on your demographics. Our only account that dips during full moons is targeting werewolves age 55 plus. <laughs> it's like the 55 plus, it's the chef's kiss. I <laughs> Salt in the wound, some might say. Um, Signor Harry says, weirdly enough, when there's a full moon, my e-commerce store that sells blood never gets any sales during the night. Question mark. I love the internet. <laughs> Bo underscore Babelit said, there's probably a script out there that automatically adjusts bids depending on the moon phase. <laughs> probably is. Oh, that just made my week. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Howdy partner Nils Rujmans has an important ICYMI for all of us. He says Google stated earlier starting starting February 10th, 2022, YouTube inventory will be accessible via search partners. Standing shopping campaigns will only show on YouTube if opted into the search partner network. Do we know if this is happening today? He posted that on the 10th. Ginny replied and confirmed that it is. So gird your loins, people who are already crazy enough to use search partners. <laughs> Charles Farina at Charles Farina reminded us that the display in video 360 integration for GA4 properties just rolled out to all users. This was previously only available in GA360 Enterprise and is now available for free for all GA4 users. So benefits, the biggest benefits that I saw from this were that all audiences created in GA4 are automatically made available and that just like in Google Ads, all GA4 users now have auto-tagging. So check that out, people. Joy Hawkins has a new article on Sterling Sky that brings me joy. This is an awesome guide for how to track calls from Google Ads in the three-pack. And it's also a great guide for people who like me who are afraid of their dentist. So if you want more information on that, we will have it in Discord and our newsletter. Okay, more tales from PPC Reddit. This is a poll. This user, basechan305, I think this person's been here before. Am I dreaming or is the cost of clicks awfully up compared to last year's? In most of our campaigns of one particular account that sells retail goods, the average CPC is considerably up compared to last year and yields much less traffic, even at a higher price. Have you guys also noticed an increase in cost in that or another vertical? Quick poll here, Greg. My answer would be somewhat 
compared to last year. Sum it up. Jess? Yeah, I, I don't consider it apples to apples, but yeah, a little bit. I would also say somewhat. Everyone should go answer this poll, and we'll see what the results are. What are the results? There's five days and one hour left, according to but the screenshot. Yeah, you can see the results yet. early. Well, I don't want to spoil it. We can check. Here we go. And the answers, the biggest leader is, yes, my CPC cost is up a lot compared to last year. Second place, my CPC cost is somewhat up compared to last year. Third place, it's about the same. And last, with five out of 187 votes, my CPC cost is actually down from last year. Greg had to read the poll results because I'm obviously not on Reddit. And here is Joe Schmo. He's back at it again. He says, warning, max conversion strategy spent 160% of my $1,000 budget on two clicks. <laughs> what? Seven minutes after my ad started showing today. These clicks were clearly malicious, and I have reported them to be investigated. Nevertheless, this is not smart bidding. At Jenny Marvin at Google Ads. So that's terrible. And Greg had a couple of funny responses here. He said, just trust the process. It's smart. Nothing to see here. And then he shared a screenshot from a Search Engine Land article that says that Google search and other revenue is up 35.7% in Q4. Did I read that wrong? I, I just thought with all the smart bidding, our CPCs might be going down. I thought things might be getting better. It does not seem like that's the case. And the fact that on two clicks, somebody can be charged $1,600 out of their $1,000 budget. He didn't say if it was daily or monthly, to be fair. If you did have it monthly, you can't use monthly budgets with anything max, anything pay for conversion, anything like that. So that might be his mistake. But two clicks, $800 a click. You know what? That's not good. Would you say CPC cost is up a lot compared to last year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> compared That's to yesterday. A, I mean, it, it, it's either that, it's either just bad machine learning, or maybe it's just a full move. It's certainly not smart. And we're going to end the paid segment here with a PMAX roundup for you. So last week we told you about how Google Ads will create video assets for your Performance Max campaigns if you don't make them yourself. Chris Ridley has a Twitter thread that shows you exactly how to check your asset combinations to see if that's the case for your account. He's really gunning. I feel like we need a new clock screw category for like just most helpful person this year. Wow. He's sharing wow. a lot. More news from Chris Ridley. Update. My Google Ads rep has just screen shared me while viewing my PMAX campaigns and I can confirm they have a keywords tab within the campaign. I was just shocked by this. I just love <laughs> sneaky things like this. <laughs> See, this is like something you'd find on Dumois, you know? See attached images showing what? the same PMAX campaign. I wonder why they haven't been provided with this tab yet. So you can see it in here. There is a keywords tab. But then Jenny replied and said, there are no current plans for a keyword tab in PMAX, but there are plans to support negative keywords for brand safety at the account level. Thank you, Jesus. And Jenny. It is needed, right? Yeah. <sighs> oh, and Chris, in our Discord channel, community.marketingclock.com, went on to say, okay, I'm going to have a mini rant right now. Ginny has just announced that there are no plans for the keywords tab in PMAX to be released for public use. This only makes the belief that Google favors big spending accounts over small businesses even stronger. What's worse is that this is now case by case based on whose rep got lucky in the rep roulette. 
Remember that person last week who said, sorry, guy, you didn't respond? Like, No can do. No can do. Anyway, Chris goes on to say, if you have a bad rep, you're unlucky to even hear about this tab. If you have a good rep, they may make changes on your behalf within the tab while on a call with you. And don't get me started on the fact that someone with little to no firsthand Google Ads experience and knowledge can apply negative keywords to your PMAX campaigns while you can't. That's sad. But what's not sad was PPC chat this week. We were joined by Ginny Marvin this week, a celebrity guest. So you're definitely going to want to check it out on the official ppcchat.com if you missed the conversation on Tuesday or Thursday. She's talking about Performance Max, its use cases, and the upcoming smart shopping and local campaign upgrades. And a former, uh, what did you call it, winner? Clock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in organic? All right. The French Data Protection Watchdog, the CNIL, which sort of sounds like a low-level lacrosse league to me. They said that the Google Analytics use in France is non-compliant with the GDPR um, as it breaches Article 44. So we're going to see more and more of this. We've talked about it before. Austria first said that it broke GDPR rules, and it's about the transferring, not the data, but moving it around overseas, essentially. So remember, you have a few options. You can use an alternative source, like a plausible you could just wait for this to be changed because, sorry, people aren't going to be taking this off. And at some point, everybody's going to see how damaging the GDPR is to business in general. And then the minute that anything else comes out, everything's going to blow up. Or you can just get rid of all analytics. Those are your choices. So pick one and choose wisely. All right, next up from Christina in our Discord channel. She says, not sure if this is new, but first time I've seen it. YouTube has a chapters carousel with screenshots from the video at the bottom of the description. Kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Except when you're in the video and it's probably going to be little weird screenshots of my face with my mouth open and stuff. <laughs> well, hers is like some kind of like playlist where it's everybody's in a car. It's very strange. Christina, I don't know what you're watching, but it looks pretty rad. And so you'll be able to see directly at that spot. So something like a cooking challenge video would be good for this. Something like a DIY, especially if you could vet it with like a dislike button, be super good with this. So maybe you can <laughs> use it. And it's just another reason to actually put the investment into making those chapters. All right, next up from Near Media, Mike Blumenthal has a very scathing post. It's called Google Automates SMB Emails to Congress to Plead Antitrust Case. You should get up and go read this article. But from the article, there's a couple things that he says. He says, everyone loves small businesses, even Google, period. Particularly when they can be called upon to do Google's dirty work. Now that there is a whiff of regulation in the air, Google is pulling out all the stops to get small business emails in front of Congress with an automated take action campaign. I can't believe they're still doing this. Crazy. So when you get this email, you can hit the take action button. And what happens is it sends you to a form that's already filled in for you. How is that possible? Mm. Google can just be like, oh, we want to direct this narrative. Click on this, take action, and already fills in all the complaints and griefs to send it to Congress so that it's not coming from Google, but it's really coming from Google, but it's coming from an SMB. Crazy. Meta thinks small business owners are dumb and they're making all the changes to the platform for the worse and adding stupid graphics. And Google thinks smart business owner, small business owners are dumb enough to do this. 
I received this email. Like just I you deleted did? it. I did. I just deleted because you're it. a small business mm-hmm. owner doesn't mean you're dumb. Like you're an entrepreneur. You're brave. <laughs> Thanks. It's so it's so it's it's very very leading email. And then the fact that you are auto filling the form out, I mean, somebody should go to jail for this, honestly. In prison. Anyway, they said to me this new push gets uh, this is Mike. This is Mike. And again, read the article on nearmedia.com. To me, this new push to get email sent directly to congressional members by their constituent small businesses indicates Google's growing concern that its message is not being heard in the hallways of Congress. Good. I never understood all that. Just have money and you get things done. So, so weird. Anyway, with all the money in the world, Google couldn't keep their YouTube liaison, Matt Koval. I think Matt was here for maybe maybe about 12 months or so. I remember a report on it when he came, came aboard. And he said, with full gratitude to YouTube, he's now excited to be leaving. He didn't say that. He said, excited <laughs> to be joining Startup Platform Mighty Networks as their SVP of creators. So there is no current YouTube liaison, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say the worst of the liaison jobs and maybe one of the worst jobs ever because YouTube is brutal. You think Google Ads is brutal on banning and disapproving and not having any support? YouTube is orders of magnitude worse. And if anybody wants that job, it seems like it's open, but good luck. <laughs> All right, from The Verge, the Opera browser now allows emoji-only web addresses. So we're going to play a game quick. What? All right. <laughs> Where do these emojis take you to? Ooh. And it can be, you just have to decide, okay? So guess number one from both of you. Ring in with your name and you think you have it. A person in a business suit and a clock. Jess. Jess. Marketing a clock. Correct. One Jess. Next up, <gasps> a salt container and a woman raising their Shep. hand. Shep. Salt J. Correct. One to one. Next up, a gem, the regional indicator symbol letter G, what? a man with a beard and a top hat. Jess. Jess. Search engine roundtable. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Glenn Gabe. It's Abe Lincoln with the top hat. Oh. Gem. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> Love you. Wait, I still don't get it. <laughs> It's a it's gem like Glenn. Uh, how, because he I is thought you were obsessing over charts. <laughs> because he is a gem or? No, because it sounds like Glenn Gay. No. Try okay. again. Right. Okay. Okay. Try okay. Again. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Next up. A dude, a camera, and a banana. Shout. Oh, Jess. Jess. PPC Greg. PPC Greg. Jess has oh. two. All right, next up. <laughs> Brown emoji. Brick emoji. Yes. Rusty brick. Yes. Very short. All right. Next oh, up. You're really good at this. Thank you. Emoji purple block. Z's. The digital Jess. man and a muscular. Jess. Azim digital. Azim digital. Shep. Come on. I got four. All right. Next really up. Slow. The Venezuelan flag and a cruise ship. Jess. Jess. Andrea Cruz. Correct. Oh. All right. Next up. Pentagram. Upside down. One Jess. Devil. Jess. That was my answer. And then lastly, sheep, 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 <laughs> woman, scarf. Jess, that's Shep. me. Six. That's it. Six, six, six points for me. Why right? am I four sheep? Because you're a shepherd. <laughs> okay. You're watching the sheep, right? You're Shep. Okay. Uh, and then a couple bonus ones. All right. No. This, this is going to take a little bit of creativity to get in your browser, but it's like 
a rat and then two rats and three. It's like a circle of rats, Jess. Rat no. king. Rat king, Jess. Rat king. No. All right, and that's it. Thank you for playing the game. Jess, you win. Thank you. Finally. <laughs> All right, and next up from the Google's creator. This was that video I was talking about earlier. It is Bryce Frost from the creator's team. There's a giant video where he explains everything very nicely with the, the amount of time that he needs. And so stories are going to be tracked and able to have somebody pull that in with analytics. It doesn't have to be Google Analytics, but Bryce has used analy Google Analytics to show how it works. You can see story starts, the time spent, story pages viewed, and story completion. So those are things you can now pull into Google Analytics if you would like. Next up, in a weird article from The Verge, it's just called <laughs> Bing Users Are Real and They Like <laughs> Using Microsoft Rewards. Aww. So The Verge had asked a question, who used Bing? Apparently it got a lot of folks like me that use Bing and enjoy it. The main reasons were people were sticking it to Google, that Microsoft Rewards plus Xbox makes people go Bing. There are pretty wallpapers, which is true. This is a funny one. It says, it, it's comma, uh, comma, better at some image searches which might be some of the things that Shep oh. earlier said was that to a poll? Is Was this a poll answer? Yeah, people are saying that they use it because it's better at finding inappropriate images. Interesting. Um, and it's good by being the default. People didn't know they were using it and didn't mind it, so they just kept doing it when they downloaded Edge. All right, John Mueller of Google from, by way of Barry Schwartz, or brown brick over at the search engine roundtable, um, addressed the fact that there was a video that was going around out there saying that you could have a site-wide snippet ban. John Mueller said that there is no site-wide snippet ban. There's a picture of the guy who's talking about the site-wide snippet ban, Chris, the niche safari. You can go view it if you want, but John says it doesn't exist. But All right, and from Vorticon Commander, Google wants to know if you own a product and to review it, and this is right in the SERPs. It looked like he was searching for some Jordans, like the M&M Jordans, I guess, and there's a screen that shows in the SERPs, rate and review. Do you own this product? Help others by sharing your experience. And lastly here, Conductor is acquiring links, I mean, Content King. So Enterprise SEO SaaS platform Conductor has acquired Content King. Still better than a Rack King. <laughs> yes. Most things are. <laughs> and um, I don't know what's happening. It seems like if you had a Content King account, you could still use it, but it may be rolled into the um, Conductor platform. And that's it for organic, what's happening in Social Bun. All right, first up in social this week from CNBC, TikTok shares your data more than any other social media app, colon, study. This study published by URL Genius looked at how many different domains track a user's activity across 10 different social media apps, including all the ones you've heard of. It found that YouTube and TikTok had the most, counting up to 14. The vast majority of YouTubes, though, were first-party trackers, aka they were using the information for themselves. Seems like no big deal. TikTok, on the other hand, 13 of the 14 were third-party trackers. And the study also noted that, quote, the third-party tracking is still happening even when users didn't opt into allowing tracking in each app's settings, end quote. So this probably should have gone in last week's unpopular opinions. I don't really care what people know about me. That said, pretty rude, though, Obviously. if you don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm an open book, right? But I've opted into being an open book. And it's completely rude if you don't respect the fact that somebody has opt-in or opt-out preferences, whatever they are, that that's the point it's of illegal. those. Thank you. 
Obviously, there's a lot of youngins on TikTok, so it's their data that we're really concerned about. And also, the study found or said that consumers are currently unable to see what data is shared with third-party networks or how it's being used. TikTok didn't comment. More to come. And TikTok may not care about your child's safety, but they do care about your brand's safety. Mm. They're launching an entire hub for it. What they're calling the Brand Safety Center will serve as a central hub for all insights, articles, partnerships, and other information related to brand safety and transparency at TikTok. So you can keep an eye out for that if you care about your brand, and you should probably go there, check it out. On a related note, Twitter is expanding access to its safety mode feature. It is launching into beta for more users across English-speaking markets, including the US, UK, Canada, Australia, Ireland, and New Zealand. The platform also noted that with this rollout, it will be prompting users when they might need to enable it, which is interesting. So it, it seems like if they feel that there's a sketchy conversation going on, that they might give you a notification for it. Nothing. I didn't get any specifics on that, but I feel like if nice. you sent Liver King on Twitter, we could get. And some if people don't know what Liver King is, it's the <laughs> best Instagram account to follow at Liver King Brian Johnson. You'll dig it. That's, That's his, his name. name? Yeah. I, th I thought it said Liver King on his birth certificate. <laughs> his mom just birthed him in new. Better than a rat king, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Oh, my God. It's all coming back to kings today. It's all coming Can back to me now. King, liver, rat, well, good. <laughs> all right. Here's another study. This one's, well, it was shared by eMarketer, but it was conducted by CensusWide. If you're a nerd for source info, there's the deets. They asked U.S. social users age 16 plus where they watch live video the most, and they have a nice chart the winner by far is YouTube with 52%. Then it scales down. You can check the graphic for the percentages. But next is Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Twitch, Pinterest, other. And then 6.8% don't watch live content, which was kind of a large chunk for me. eMarketer did note that for the 16 to 24 demographic, TikTok is actually the top destination. So those numbers I just shared were overall with YouTube. Have um, you guys ever seen on TikTok when they're like doing like no. seances and stuff? <gasps> I should be on TikTok. Just, you're scrolling it and they have like those two little bars and they're like telling people's futures or they'll do tarot card readings live. Tarot? Oh, you pronounce it tarot. Tarot. I'm not a Wiccan. <laughs> Neither am I, but I want these live seances. Um, oh, side note, Facebook reigns supreme for live video in the 25 to 44 age group. So broad numbers, YouTube wins, but depending on your age group, you might want to try out a different platform. Greg, did you read this article when you sent it to me? Yes. At the very top, did you subscribe to the Chart of the Day newsletter? No, but I know. I know. They, they've got letters from the attorneys, so don't worry. Oh, C&D? <laughs> Charts and, duh, you're not Greg. <laughs> um, well, while it's still going, I think Christina Garduno, a.k.a. I am Christine G, Christina G on Twitter, I think she subscribes. She shared a different chart from eMarketer that is probably from this newsletter, but it says... U.S. Instagram ad impressions are split mostly between two formats. 47% of impressions come from feed and 42 from stories in Q4 of 2021. The other options were explore, reels, and Instagram shop. But your feed is like all reels these days. So I'm just wondering if that's included or what. Take it with a grain of salt. Next from TechCrunch. Nextdoor revamps with new profiles and more community building features. Basically, it's prompting people that create new profiles to add a photo, basic details. It's good. They have added the ability to celebrate the arrival of new neighbors. You can give them digital things. It doesn't sound like you have to pay for it, but 
uh, like cookies and flowers and things you would normally wow. give your new neighbors in real life, which I never received when I moved into That's my home. so nice. Neither did I. Yeah. The people are just peeing on your neighbor's house instead. Yeah. <laughs> You'll also be able to at mention people now, which is nice and officially connect. So real relationships kind of stand out in other interactions that you might see. The goal overall is more of a true community focused in person and digital. If you listen to their rhetoric, but blah, 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 blah. what you think that's the goal. That's what I said. If you listen to their rhetoric, that's what they said. But I do think from a business perspective, because you can talk about, you can recommend businesses. You can have sort of a business presence on next door. Real people, real reviews, real legitimacy. I think they're moving towards a, a, just a better platform that'll help us all. Low key, one of the best things an ad platform has done recently is the skills and allowing people to endorse other people for skills on LinkedIn. Because what did they do? They just said, oh, you're interested in this. This is your skill. Let's target people in their skills. And you don't think that you're going to be like, oh, I'm interested in gardening. Oh, well, you know what? Brax is going to hit you with, with an ad. You know what I mean? It's like, this is super, super smart to get better targeting that isn't reliant on a, a different app or platform or mobile information or third-party data. You're actively giving it to Nextdoor. It's going to make Nextdoor a lot more powerful. I think so. And they switched to that nice bright green versus the regular old green. I can't, they had I can't do it. It's so negative. Stupid ass. Sometimes I got something about China yesterday. Somebody was like, does anyone own these plates? I inherited them with my house and I don't want them. And they match a set out there and they gave them away. And I like read the whole thread. There was a nice oh. connection made. It was wholesome. I thought you were talking about the 2023 Winter Olympics. Yeah, me too. Oh, no, no, no. Like, like fine China, like no, dinnerware. You're talking about the upcoming Olympics. What are you They're talking happening. about upcoming? They're happening now. Right now? Oh my God. Is this a joke? joking about how nobody's watching them. I'm not. I don't see any clips anywhere on Twitter. We need to talk about how every single figure skater is skating to Elton John. As they should. Your family would appreciate it. It's really crazy. Everyone. There's at least six people. How many Elton John songs are there? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone. There's There's at least six people. There's medleys. Some people are skating to more than one. It's crazy. I should watch this. Fun fact, I was supposed to go to an Alan John con- concert, the Farewell Tour in 2019 mm. in Toronto. It got canceled. It got moved to Valentine's Day. So I was going to take my soulmate to go watch it with my kids too because one of my kids is named after Alton. I won't say which one. And then it got delayed again. And now I don't think it's going to happen. This poor guy is trying to retire and yeah. leave and he can't leave because of Bruno. It's really unfair to little Johnny, you know? So you didn't get a refund. You technically still I have tickets pending? Till, till whatever. And it's like, this was the last tour three years ago, and this guy can't retire. I know. So bad As a him. fan, though, that's great for you. It might still happen. I that's, think he's that's history retire. making. You got it. Don't okay. you want him to retire? Unless he can take his kids on the tour. Like, I feel bad for him. Reggie, just take, give it a break. Yeah. You know who's not giving it a break? Adam Masseri. And Greg... This screenshot that you put in my notes, his face, we always talk about how he zooms in, but the screenshot is an entire page in Google Doc. All I see without zooming in is his face. Shep, I feel like this is for you. It's not for me. Anyway, let me just read his tweet that goes along with his face. Heart emoji, private story likes, heart emoji. Starting to roll out today. You can now send some love by liking people's stories without sending a DM. There's more details. You don't care. That's the meat of it. Thank you. Because every time I get all, I have all these DMs, I'm like, people are talking to me. They're not. They're just reacting to my stories, yeah. which is nice, too. But I just no. feel like I see some judgment in his eyes. Next up from Digiday, publishers that are participating in Instagram's ad revenue sharing program are, quote, underwhelmed. 
And you can read the whole article if you want to hear what they have to say, but some quotes from participants. It is not something that's moving the needle. We're getting nothing. I'm hoping to see signs of life, but the CPMs are abysmal. And there's a whole bunch more. Then somebody said that they don't even see it tracked in their database, but they're getting one to two grand a month. Like, I understand if that doesn't move the needle for you, but that's still one to two grand a month that you weren't getting. And if you go on to read this article, it does say that a lot of these publishers are repurposing content that they're already making for other platforms. So it's free money. People should stop complaining. I'm sure we want more. We all want more money. Go over to Snapchat, right, chat? Mm-hmm. You can fund your college okay, education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From the Daily Mail, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted a screenshot of Donald Sr.'s apparent first post on Truth, his social network. It says, get ready. Your favorite president will see you soon. Oh, and you like that too, huh? I did not. This is (laughs) not my screenshot. Yep. In other news that no one cares about, Facebook has renamed the news feed to just the feed, which I think we were all kind of saying anyway. Something nobody was saying, though. Metamates. Facebookers, aka Facebook employees, are now metamates. That's insulting. I don't like it. I don't really like Facebookers either. None of these are catchy. Metamates at least has alliteration. Drag, you look like you have an opinion on the subject. It would be better if it was metamates. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's metamates and we're all just doing it wrong. Something I'm going to do wrong is reporting on this next story from TechCrunch. PearPop introduces dynamic NFTs that gain value as social media posts go viral. The NFTs start off as a vinyl level in a tiered system that PeerProof has developed. It, as, as the thing gets more popular, the NFT can level up to silver, gold, and platinum. I don't understand this at all and people participating in it have to understand it and creators have to understand it and i love the fact if you read the article and try to grasp what they're saying i love the fact that people that are into a creator can kind of invest in their success and boost that i get that but we're relying on a lot of things here like social engagement and certain aspects of it as being a measure of success which who really knows right or a measure of value and then again the creator has to understand what's going on. The users have to understand what's going on for this to work. I don't understand what's going on. You can read this yourself if you're into it. I, it seems like a cool concept, but I just don't think enough people understand NFTs or yeah. care to for this to really work. We need like a new host to cover all that NFT news. Probably. I agree. And not me. <laughs> not me. All right. And now on to our segment segment with our 10-month ads makeover that's really kind of fizzling out with Performance Max. But it's time to pick it back up because if you have any hesitations, if we haven't given you enough information, go listen to the PPC Chat Roundup show with Anu. She will be recapping the chat with Ginny this week all about Performance Max. So that's tip one. And tip two is if you have a Google Ads rep, try to go and see if you can get any negative terms put in there. Maybe it's your brand. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want just all scalable stuff. It'll give you that peace of mind, but your brand terms aren't in there. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I just wanted to share two things that I hate. First of all, in Google Ads, you can't add a negative keyword that is more than 10 words in the phrase. Second of all, if a search term has more than 16 words in it, 
and your negative keyword comes after the 16th word, your ad is still eligible to show. And I think that stinks. Greg? All right, for me this week, it's just a thought. I hate RSAs. I know that you need them. I know that you get more impressions. I know that it's good for business. But when I look at ads now, I just break everything down as an RSA. And you look hmm. at it and you're like, oh, you know what? I miss the days when you could write your own ad and still get the same visibility as RSA. And I look at a lot of these things and it's like, this shouldn't be together. And I, that's all I do now is I look and I judge RSAs. And I think overall it's easier for people, but it makes ad copy creation much worse. Something for me, I've used Hotjar quite a bit. I've never used the highlights feature until this week. Do you guys know about this? You can just click on an element and add it to highlights, which you can then categorize if you want like lists of things that you want to highlight. It has labels too, or basically emojis you can associate it with for like UI issues, bugs, frustration, celebration, whatever. It's cool because sometimes you're doing a formal doc for a client and you want to put in screenshots and you want to write about stuff and all that, but sometimes you just want to have a conversation and you want to refer back to something, you can create highlights, pop in a little comment, and then link directly to it. And it's just a really nice feature that I did not even know was there in Hotjar. So nice, good stuff. Working hard. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is the Lost Google Impressions Index Check from Dave Smart of Tame the Bots. It's at Dave W. Smart on Twitter. It lets you quickly check your site for any pages that may have lost significant impressions period over period. You choose the time period to compare, and unlike queries in Google Ads, you can choose what significant means. For example, you could say, I want to look at my site over the last week compared to the previous week, and any pages that have lost 15% or greater of impressions. You can change that percentage. is awesome. You connect to Search Console, and pew, pew, a lovely little table of results that you can look at right there or export into a CSV, only the pages that meet that threshold. So if you lost a lot of impressions and want to see it, good to know. If you make a big change to your site, you're probably checking manually, but this is a good tool for periodic checks. Maybe when you haven't made any changes and you just want it to flag something you might not have caught on your own. We'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. Pick your poison. Check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week comes from Zwipey.com. And Larry Shepard has an article, 10 Ways to Beat Google Title Rewrites, backed by data. So a few of the items that Cyrus talks about is keeping your title tag length in check, matching it to an H1, not breaking the title into two sections, which I think is probably the number one thing here. But check it out over on Zwipey.com. Thank you, Cyrus. Jess, bud, what will you be adding to marketing playlist this week? Playlist at marketingclock.com. This week is Curse, Curse by James. Greg? I'm going to be adding in Blackout by Swollen Members, maybe the second best pump-up song in the world. Okay, I've been listening to this lady named Leon, I think, and she's pretty cool, and I like her song, Baby Don't Talk. Backpack with an axe and a chainsaw. Okay. <laughs> All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> what is that? Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com newsletter to receive every single article we covered. 
We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. We are having another draft today. This is a draft that Greg um, came up with the concept for. Yes. Conceptualized. Great concept, Okay. Can you share with the class? Yes. We're going to name a song, and it goes like this. Blank is the song name that will get people to get up and blank. So you have to fill in the song name and then what people do when they hear the song. Okay. Okay. So... I think you should go first since it's your idea. Okay. You clearly had something in mind. Okay. So I'm going to go first and I'm going to say Sweet Caroline is a song that anybody that is drunk will get up and sing. Sweet Caroline. I've never heard a bar mm-hmm. and people not sing along to Sweet Caroline. Yeah. When it came out. Or sober. True. <laughs> All right, Chef, it's up to you. Okay. That's a good one. My first pick will be... Get Up Off of That Thing by James <laughs> Brown. This is a song that will make people get up and get off of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you like took this so literally. Like you, every single time I'm like, there's no fire here. There's on this vacation, there's no fire. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to be cold. So I'm going to go with this person. Okay. So James Brown, get up and get off that thing. Okay. That this seems like it'll work. But it's true. I mean, it's true. <laughs> okay. 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 All right, Jess, you're up. Okay. Well, if you like literally, you're going to like my first pick, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, because it, people will get up again after getting knocked down. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that one. You did? I did. I'm that predictable. Yes. All right, what do you got next? Hurts my soul. Serpentine draft. Yes. Oh, serpentine. Do you know yes. how it works? I think I go next, right? Okay. How many are we doing? Four? Three oh, or four? We'll do three or four, yeah. Okay. Um, Sandstorm by Darude. <laughs> People will get up and do party drugs. <laughs> wow. I was going to say wow. do the DDR combination. <laughs> or fist bump. Or, they'll get up and do something. Yeah. Okay. Do, All right. Wow. At okay. your own risk. My next pick will be Like a Prayer by Madonna. <laughs> Mine are all dance moves. And it's okay. going to make people get up and do that side-to-side step like they're in the choir, you know, mm. and they like clap above their head. All right, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then my next one is going to be, I feel like I cornered at least the U.S. market for people getting up and singing along with the song. So now I'm going to go to the U.K. market. So Azim, this one's for you. I'm going to pick Truly Madly Deeply. Anybody in the U.K. will get up. And sing at the top of their lungs, but it's only UK folks. Do I know do that song? You know, that Savage song. Garden, yeah, right? Savage Garden. Aren't they from Australia? I don't know, but the UK just like eats it up. Aren't they the people who want to lay like this forever? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like it's like big <laughs> with soccer. It's like anybody that follows soccer or football or whatever you call it hmm. will get up and sing. Okay. So I'm I'm like cornered the singing market. All right. So my next song is ooh, I got a tough one here. I'm gonna go with. Whistle by Flo Rida. Because if you hear that song, you are contractu- contractually obligated. To roll your eyes. To get up, roll your eyes, and start whistling. <laughs> I listened to that song today, fun fact. <laughs> no, you <laughs> no, didn't. You did. Yes, I did. That is so oh, random. Oh the God. fact that two people in the world even thought of that song today is not believable. It's on my feel-good playlist. I just what? love that, that his name is Florida. Literally <laughs> Florida. you know how long it took me to realize that? By oh, Jess. <laughs> All right, Chef, what do you got? <laughs> okay, my next pick will be A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton, mm. and it will make you get up and do air piano keys. All right, nice. I like that. Okay, yeah. Jess? 
Um, I have a lot of good ideas, but I'm trying to win here. So I'm going to go with the Space Jam theme song by the Quad City <laughs> DJs. <laughs> because when you hear this, you're going to get up and remember your childhood. Wow. <laughs> That's a reach and a half. I thought you were going to say, like, do the ball in hands or something. Well, the thing is that I actually wanted to pick the song above it in the list, and I started reading the wrong one. So <laughs> just going with that. <laughs> Perfect. All right. What else you got? Oh, we're doing five. We'll do four. Okay. So this is your final pick, Jess. Well, let me go with the one I was going to say. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe by Rednecks. Ugh. Because if you're at a parade, you will get up and grab all the candy you didn't get. Or do the dance. Yeah, what? what dance? What? There's a dance. <laughs> yeah. You started heel, strong, heel, toe, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, shut Always do. Okay. My next pick will be um, Lose Control by Missy Elliott featuring Sierra and Fat Man Scoop. <laughs> AKA Big Colorado. Wait, so what you gotta say the name of the song. Okay, people get I up just did. What it's gonna make you do is get up and like run around on your tiptoes and do a dance like this. <laughs> 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 which is different from finger piano keys, which are down here. That is the best song. <laughs> okay, so Shep, so I feel like I'm very like mouth heavy. I've got people singing in the UK, singing in the US. People everywhere whistling. I'm going to do an audible and I'm going to go with what Shep had there. She's got the air piano. I'm going after the air drums and I'm going to pick Genesis in the air tonight. How can you not air drum to that part? You're going to get up and air drum. My mom was on the treadmill once listening to that in headphones. (laughs) She was just like, oh, Lord. But out of breath, (laughs) I can never not with that song. She's like, oh Lord. She what? was just like singing like oh Lord. Like that part of the song. But she was out of breath and it was in her earphone. All right. So everybody, we're gonna recap your picks. To me, I've got Sweet Caroline to have people get up in the US and sing. Truly, madly, deeply to have people in the US, UK get up and sing. I've got whistle to have people get up and whistle. And lastly, I have In the Air Tonight by Genesis to have people get up and do the air drums. Okay. I have get up off of that thing to make people get up and get <laughs> off of that thing. I can't believe nobody else thought that. You're so literal. I have like a prayer for the classic step touch, maybe a little clap. And then I have a thousand miles for the air piano keys and lose control for like a little fast feet. All right. And Jess? I'm going to go in reverse. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe by Rednecks to get up and grab all the candy at the parade. <laughs> Space Jam theme song by the Quad City DJs to get up and remember your childhood. Sandstorm by Darude to get up and do your party drugs. And Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba to get up again after you get knocked down. Okay. And wow. if you're listening to this, it's time for you to get up and do something else because we're done. And we'll see you next week.